Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. If you're new with us, my name's Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And if you're new, you came on a great Sunday because we're starting a brand new series. I think it's going to be very applicable to all of us. And, and when I think about all the context that, that this message, this series could be applied to, I think, man, it is so appropriate now. The timing is great. Uh, when I think about the, what's going on in politics, I think about what's going on in our world. Uh, I think about some of the family dynamics of, of, of people in our church family and even my own family, I think what we're going to talk about is perfect. So uh, we're starting a new series called The Third Side. And in order to uh, set up this series, let me tell you a story. So about a month ago, my wife and I had one of those very rare moments. It was a moment alone. And we have four kids. And uh, I don't know what happened that day, but our kids had other activities and they weren't with us. And so we went on a date by ourselves Let's just, for a moment, just go, oh, it's like, wow, it was wonderful. So we went to the beach, and uh, we hung out at the beach for the day, soaking up the sun. It was just amazing, just catching up with each other, talking about things we hadn't talked about in a while, and just, it was great. It was fun. It was fantastic, until I said something. You know me. All right, so... uh, out of my mouth came this statement. It was an observation. It wasn't about my wife. It wasn't directed towards her. It was just, we were talking, we were brainstorming. We were just, it was like, you know, a deeper connection with each other. And so I just made this observation and it was not a big deal to me. But my wife's response told me it was a big deal to her. So she responded with way more passion and way more frustration than I thought was appropriate given the context of of what we were doing in that day. And so she responded with a lot of passion and I did what I'm really good at doing in those moments, I got quiet. So that awkward silence thing. So I sat there quietly and my wife said, are you mad? Now, being the super spiritual guy that I am, I lied to her, okay? So I said, no. I, me, mad? Why would I get mad? No, I'm not mad. And I followed up and I said, um, it, there are just some times, not all the time, we've got a great relationship, we've got a great marriage, but there are moments like this where I feel like if, if I don't share a thought that you share, like if we don't feel the same way about it, like you're gonna get upset. And she said, well, you know what? I feel the same way about you. And there are moments where I feel like if I don't agree with everything that comes out of your mouth, every opinion that you have, you're going to give me the silent treatment. Now, you might be able to tell that I'm telling you my side of the story. Okay, Tammy's not here right now. You don't need to go ask her her side of the story because her side of the story is always filled with emotion and miscommunication and misperceptions. But my side of the story is always filled with logic and, and me saying things in right ways at right times with right motives. Like anybody else feel that way about your side of the story? Yeah, yeah. So, so my name is Trent. I'm a compulsive liar and welcome to our support group. Okay, so my wife and I were able to talk through our conflict. We were able to get to the other side of it. And we discovered something that we've discovered on many occasions in our conflict. We discovered the third side. So in every conflict, there are three sides. There's my side, there's your side, and then there's this thing called the truth. 
I might have a portion of the truth. I might have 50% of it. I might have 60% of it. I might have 10% of it. You might have 50% of it. You might have 90% of it. But most often, we don't have all of it. But someone does, and that's God. And that's his perspective. When he looks at our conflict, he has all of the truth. He sees everything. He sees your stuff. He sees my stuff. And he says, this is where I want you to live from, is the third side. Don't live from your side. Don't live from the other person's side. Live from the third side. So that's what we're going to talk about in the series, is how do we live from the third side? How do we see conflict the way that God sees conflict? And, and it's very difficult to do that, because most of us have never been taught how to do this. We don't know how to do this. We don't know how to live from God's perspective. But we're going to walk today through some things, I think, from Scripture that can help us live from that third side. Don't tell my wife this, okay? But my side's not always the right side. Let's just keep that between us, okay? Don't let her know that. We've got to push hard to discover the third side. Now, if you are a note taker, today would be a fantastic day to take notes. On the back of our uh, announcement sheet, there's a spot you can take notes. On the back of our spiritual growth challenge is a great place for that. If you've got a phone that you can do that on, great. If there is a bald guy sitting in front of you, you can lean forward, take notes on his head. But if you do, you got to take him to lunch because you wrote on his head. So anyway. Okay, so if you are ready, we're going to talk about five steps, five things that we need to know as we walk through conflict resolution, as we learn how to live from the third side. And the first step is from Jesus. So Jesus is going to give us this first step. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 23 and 24. So if you have a Bible, you want to turn over there, great. If not, it'll be coming up on the screen, okay? So the first step is actually this. Let me read the step to you, tell you the step, and then we'll read what Jesus said. We've got to take the initiative to go and talk to that other person. If you're a Christ follower, this is what God is saying. Step number one is take the initiative. So you got to move. You got to head in their direction to resolve the conflict. So Jesus says this in Matthew chapter five. This is in the context of, of a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. This is uh, one, of big, uh, one of Jesus' big sermons to uh, a lot of his followers. He's, he's explaining to them behavior. What does it look like for a Christ follower to live? So he's talking about a lot of behavior things. Like when people look at us, our behavior should be different. We should look different. We should act different. We should treat people differently. And often he would say, you've heard it said this, but I say, so he's talking about behavior change. So it's a big behavior change that he's going to talk about in verse 23. So he says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So let's get a little context, a cultural context. So Jesus was from that Jewish culture, that Jewish community. Uh, something they did on a regular basis was this sacrificial system. So they had to travel to Jerusalem, to the temple, to offer sacrifices before God. And as they offered those sacrifices, what God said in the Old Testament and then up to before Jesus uh, died on the cross to be our sacrifice, they, it wasn't a forgiveness of sins, it was a covering of sin. So between times that you did sacrifice and you would sin, God said, you come back and you offer another sacrifice. I will accept that sacrifice and I will cover your sin. So if you imagine like putting a blanket over something so you can't see that, that's kind of the context in the Old Testament. So putting a blanket over, I'm going to cover your sins. I'm not going to look at that until 
next time and it's time for us to do this again. Now, Jesus died on the cross as our sacrifice. We don't need to do the old sacrificial system anymore because he did it once and for all. Aren't you so glad about that? I'm super glad about that. All right, so in Jesus' context, if you lived in Jerusalem, uh, you were already there next to the temple, wasn't all that big of a deal. But if you weren't, many people weren't. They lived miles and miles away. They may have to travel for days to get to Jerusalem. So think about what that would involve. Usually that would involve taking your family. So you go and offer a sacrifice before God for you and your family. So you're taking your family on a road trip. All right, so you've got to make hotel reservations. You've got to bring a sacrifice with you or you have to buy a sacrifice when you get to Jerusalem. And then you've got to wait in very long lines for this sacrifice. I mean, this is a really big deal. And what Jesus says is you go through all of that and you stand there like you're next up. So just imagine you are at Disney waiting for Space Mountain or whatever new ride they have. All right, so you're there. You've waited three hours and you're next up. And Jesus goes like, hey, remember that conflict you have? I want you to step out of line and go resolve that before you come back and do this. All right, craziness. So Jesus says like, get out of line. Leave your sacrifice at the altar, go resolve it. Now think about what that would have meant, what that could have meant. So what that would have meant is all the stuff that you've gone through to get to that spot. You've gone through a lot. You've invested money. You've changed your calendar. You've brought your family. I mean, you've done so much to get to this spot. And who knows how long you've been waiting in this, this line, but you may have been waiting in this line for hours upon hours. You are very well acquainted with the people in front of you and back of you. You've heard all their life story. You've seen all the pictures of their kids and their grandkids. You know their pet peeves. Like, you know all this stuff about them. And then Jesus says, like, I want you to leave. Step out of the line. Now, if the people that you are in conflict with are back at the hotel, not that big of a deal. I'll step out of line. I'm going to go back to the hotel. I'm going to resolve this conflict. I'll get back in line maybe this afternoon, maybe early tomorrow morning, and then we'll be on our way back home. But if the person that you're in conflict with is back home, Jesus is saying, pack up all your stuff, go home, resolve the conflict, and come back and do it all again. Now, when I hear that, when I read this, I think, Jesus, are you kidding me? Do you know what I've gone through? I mean, I had to make reservations on Priceline.com six months ago. That is non-refundable. Like, I've spent a lot of money to do this. This is a really big deal. I don't want to waste all that money and do it twice. Are you serious? Jesus, are you serious? And I think back then, Jesus said, I'm very serious. And I think... Today, Jesus is saying the same thing. I'm very serious. Here's the bottom line of what I think Jesus is trying to communicate to us. We cannot have a strong, ever-growing relationship with God and broken relationships with people around us. It's not possible. And sometimes we think it is. Sometimes we think, you know, I can do this vertical thing with God. It's me and God. Oh, we can have this great relationship and all my horizontal relationships with people around me that maybe they're not doing so good, but they're two separate things. So I can have this great relationship with God and broken relationships with people. And God says, no, that's not how it works. To have an ever-growing, stronger relationship with God vertically means that we're doing everything we can 
to have great relationships with people horizontally. Reconciliation and unity is so important to God. Jesus says, you should leave church if you're in conflict. You should go home and resolve that conflict. Don't stay and, and, and act like you're worshiping me or try to worship me if you got something broken somewhere else. Fix that. One of the greatest ways to worship God is to fix our relationships with other people, people that he loves. And as we do that, work on our vertical relationship with him. So let's put this in our context for today, okay? So we all came into church, we're here, we're, we're worshiping God together through, through a song this morning, and then we hear this message, and, and maybe you remember something from last week at work. Maybe you remember, oh, that thing with Bob. Sorry, Bob, if you're a Bob, but I used you in the first service. I used you in the second service. So, so remember that thing with Bob. Like, like, it didn't go well with Bob at the end of the week. Like, I had that, that thing. We had those words. I don't really like Bob right now. Oh, that thing. So what Jesus is saying in this context for us is, it's better if you get up, you go resolve that stuff, and then you come back. Now, the first service, I could say, hey, go resolve your stuff and come back to the second service. And maybe we have a few people here that did that. Second service, I'm sorry, we don't have a third service. So if you need to leave, you got to go you know, do that, come back next week. But maybe you need to do that today. Maybe you're in conflict with somebody next to you. And maybe what you need to do is step outside for a moment, have a a conversation and work to find the third side. Maybe you've got conflict with somebody out in the community. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's somebody at home. And I think what, what Jesus is saying to us is like, hey, if you really want to grow your relationship with me, what I'm saying is go and resolve that stuff. So maybe somebody here needs to actually get up and leave and go home. Go home and resolve that conflict or go to somebody else's home. Like maybe they're uh, a coworker, they're at home right now. And maybe God is saying, you need to go to their home, you need to knock on the door. You need to say like, hey, I'm sorry, I need to start working through this. Now this is one of those real awkward spots in our service. Um, often we have people who get up and go to the bathroom or go get coffee. This is probably the moment everybody's going, I'm holding it, if I gotta go to the bathroom, I'm not going now, I don't want anybody to think I got conflict. But if you have conflict, Jesus is saying resolving that conflict is a part of worshiping him. This is the only part of the Bible where I see we get a get out of church free card. This is the only Bible verse that I can find where Jesus says like, hey, like if you, if you have this going on, like go, resolve that stuff. Now, Jesus didn't give this to us just for a get out of church free card. He gave it to us because unity is so incredibly important to him. So incredibly important. So step number one is taking the initiative, saying, I have to go. I gotta go talk to this person. I've gotta do everything I can to, begin, to be the one who starts resolving the conflict that we're in. Okay, that's step number one. Step number two. Before we go and talk with the other person, we need to talk with God first. So uh, that's called prayer. So we just need to have a conversation with God. 
That God, please help me understand what's going on here. Help me understand your perspective, not my perspective, but your perspective. God, help me to walk into this with right motives. I don't know about you, but there are moments I don't have the right motives when I'm going to talk with the person I'm in conflict with. There are moments that I'm going to prove my point why I'm right and you're wrong. And that's not going to help us get to the third side. So there are moments I need to slow down. I need to talk. I need to pray. I need to ask God, please show me, Lord, if my motives are wrong in this, show me that. Give me your words to speak. Give me the heart that that you want me to have as as Jesus would step out and and come to us. Like, give, give me the heart of Jesus as I go and talk with this person. So before you rush off and go talk to that person, talk to God first and ask God to, to reveal those things to you, his perspective, your motives, the heart that you should have. And when we do that, that helps us to approach that person with the grace and humility that we want other people to approach us with. Don't we want other people to approach us like Jesus would? I do. And so we need to figure out how to approach them the same way. So that's step number two. Step number three, I almost didn't include this one because I thought it was so obvious, but once I say it, maybe we'll understand how, uh, how much it isn't obvious, okay? So step number three is go directly to the person that you're in conflict with, directly to them. I, I know like you may hear that and go like, wow, isn't that obvious? But I don't know that it is so obvious because I see a lot of people doing other things and there are moments I do other things. So who do we often talk to about conflict when we're in conflict with somebody? Everybody else, but the person we're in conflict with. So we'll go talk to their friends about it. We'll go talk to our friends about it. We'll talk to their parents about it. We'll talk to our parents about it. We'll talk to our pets about it. We'll talk to their pets about it. We may even go on social media and talk to the world about it, but we won't talk to that person Like, that's not right. And I am so surprised with our advancements in technology. I'm so surprised the number of people that tell me that they're trying to resolve conflict through text. Like, are you kidding me? You're doing what? Like, you may like do the shorthand in text and I don't understand what you're saying. I may get madder when you're trying to do that. Like, we can't have conflict resolution through social media. We've got to talk face to face. We've got to be able to see you. We've got to look into your eyes. I need you to be able to look in my eyes. I think that's how we get to the third side. Now, if you're in a spot where somebody lives far away and and you need to email them or you need to call them on the phone, I understand that. I think phone calls are way better than, uh, than email. But if you can get to them in person, I think that's the best way. Jesus said, Matthew 5, go and talk directly to that person. Don't go to somebody else. That's called gossip. Go directly to the person that you're having conflict with and talk with them. That's step number three. All right, step number four is found in Ephesians chapter four, verse 15. And that verse says that we need to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Now, I am pretty good at about half of this verse, especially in the context of my family. So when I'm home with my wife and our four kids, like I'm pretty good at speaking the truth or at least the truth that I think is the truth in that moment, you know, the second side of that. Um, but I don't always do it in love. And there are many moments that my, my wife and my kids have to say to me, fire down, Sparky. You got way too much intensity here. Like, I'm, I'm trying to hear what you have to say. 
And, and maybe you have some truth, but you're delivering it in a way that's very difficult to hear. There are moments that the tool that I use out of my relationship toolbox is a hammer. Many moments I use the hammer. But you know what? There are other tools that we should use. There are many other tools that we should use. So there are moments I pull out the hammer and everybody in my family goes, whoa, 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 time out, time out. Like, I want to hear it, but I can't. So we've got to learn how to speak the truth in love. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Can you imagine how much conflict we would avoid if we applied that verse? A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So how are you approaching the other person? Are you speaking the truth in love? Now here's a tension that we have. Some people go in like, I'm gonna speak the truth and I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. That's not what Jesus is saying. There's other people that say, well, I want to be loving, so I'm not going to speak the truth. I don't want to hurt their feelings. That's not love. That's called codependence. That's relationship gymnastics. God says we've got to find the middle ground. Speak the truth in love. Now, another portion of this, of learning how to speak the truth in love, is to learn how to hear the truth in love. So some of us are real good at telling everybody else what we think. We're not so good at hearing what somebody else has to say. We're not so good at hearing the truth in a way that's loving, actually listening to what they have to say. I mean, really hearing. James um, chapter one, verse 19 says this, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. How are you doing at that verse? I like to mix that verse up in my life. I like to be quick to speak, quick to get angry, and slow to listen. But God says, you got that backwards, Trent. That's not what I've asked you to do. As a Christ follower, I've asked you to, to learn how to listen. Like, be quick to listen to people. In the conflict that my wife and I had, I was telling you about, as we got to that, the spot where we were actually listening to each other, I discovered something. I hurt my wife's feelings. My statement hurt her feelings. And I didn't understand, how could that hurt your feelings? And when she shared and I actually gave her space to share, it helped me understand how that, that statement that felt so disconnected to you actually hurt you. And she explained it. Once she explained it, I got it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, if you had said that to me and, and I was where you are, that is exactly how I would feel. It made perfect sense but we had to listen to each other, actually had to hear each other in order to get to that, that spot. We actually had to, to slow down and listen in order to get to what's called the third side. That leads to step number five. So step number one, take the initiative. Step number two, talk to God before talking to the other person. Step number three, talk to the other person, not somebody else. Step number four, which is kind of 4A and 4B, speak the truth in love, hear the truth in love. And then the last step, step number five, is take responsibility for your part of the problem, your part of the conflict. Listen to what is said in Matthew chapter seven, verse three. 
Jesus says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, well, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying, you're a hypocrite if you're doing that. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So we have got to take responsibility for our part of it. And you might have... 10% of the conflict. You might have 90% of the conflict, but the deal is you are responsible, 100% responsible for your part of the conflict, whether it's 10% or 90%. It doesn't matter. You're responsible for that. So you need to step up. I need to step up and say, like, I'm gonna take ownership for what I am bringing to the dysfunction in this relationship right now. I'm gonna take ownership of that. So if you said something wrong, own that. If you said something in a way that was hurtful, take responsibility for that. If you heard something, like maybe they were trying to speak the truth and you got like insecure or prideful in that moment and you kind of closed your ears off, like take responsibility for that. That I think is one of the greatest ways for us to get from our side to the third side. Say like, I need to be humble here. And I need to say like, I got some stuff here. Like it's not all you. Like there's a portion of it that I have. And don't give percentages. Don't say, well, I only have 10%, so you have 90%. Like, those are fighting words, okay? Like, I've done that before. I know, they're fighting words. I'm just trying to save you from from some pain. Just take responsibility for your part. Say, I need to own my stuff. Will you forgive me for how I said that? Like, I I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say it in that way. Or I, I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't okay. That wasn't right. Take responsibility for your part. And again, that is how we discover the third side. So as Tammy and I walked through that process, we were able to discover God's perspective. We were able to resolve that conflict, put it behind us, and move on. And that's what God wants for all of us, is to be able to get to that spot. Now, this is a very messy process, very messy process. And um, you know, a lot of us are, are new to this process, and, and, and we don't exactly know how to do it. And so it's messy, it's painful, there's emotions involved, and there, there's feelings that we have to process through. There's many conversations sometimes that we have to have. And sometimes, in my mind, when I think about this, it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back, sometimes three steps forward, sometimes four steps back. And I'll start with step number one, going, all right, I'm going to go. Okay, step number two, I'm going to pray. And then step number three, I'm going to try to speak the truth in love. And then I oh, quickly, I got to go back to step two, because I got to pray because I think my motives came out in that moment. And then step number two, I'm trying to speak the truth. And then they're trying to speak truth to me. Like, I got to go back to step two and pray again because I don't know that I'm hearing it correctly. And we, it's this dance, two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, one step back. And then we get to step five. Like, I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to take responsibility for this. And somehow in the midst of that awkward dance, we discover the third side. It's messy. It takes time but it's worth it. It's worth it for all of us. And it's what God expects of all of us as Christ followers. So if you're a Christ follower, God says, walk through these steps in a way that honors God, in a way that honors the people that we're in relationships with. So in closing, just have some questions for you. This is kind of a reflective moment in our service, just a chance for you to just process out loud, like where are you at in this? Like how are you doing in these five steps of conflict resolution? So just listen to to these questions that I have for you. Number one, do you need to take the initiative 
Or are you sitting around waiting for the other person to come to you? My wife and I have been married 22 years. And early in our marriage, I was really good at waiting for her to come to me. Really good. Um, I have the spiritual gift of pouting like a baby. And so there, there were moments, like we would get in conflict with each other. And I like to punish through silence. And so what I do is when you, you made me mad, okay, I'm going to fight you first. You made me mad, okay, you know what, I'm not talking to you. So I would do that. I'm so ashamed to even say this, but hey, it's me. So here you go. Um, I, early in our marriage, I wouldn't talk to Tammy for a couple of days. I would get up, go to work early, come home late, ignore her, go to bed, get up, go to work early, come home late, forget what we had talked about. Like, what was the argument about? I have no idea. It's been two days. Like, I can't remember what I had for lunch. We'd kiss and make up, and then we hadn't resolved anything. We just threw it in the back. I call it the, the wagon we're dragging. So we just threw that unresolved conflict in the wagon we were dragging, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Until one day God said, bonehead, when are you going to get it? I said, go to her. Yeah, but I think she's in the wrong. So Jesus said, like, like, do you remember I came to you? Do you remember I left the splendor of heaven because you as humanity had messed up our relationship? And are you saying you're not willing to go to your wife to resolve this? Like, swallow your pride and go to her. So am I great at it? Not always. I still work on it. Still working on that. But God's expectation for all of us as Christ followers is to go, be the first one to go. Take that initiative. Maybe you need to do that today. Step number two. Do you need to stop and pray? Is, is your tendency to run into that conflict resolution moment, guns a-blaring. I'm gonna tell you how I'm right and you're wrong. Or maybe you're so insecure that if, if you don't rush in and do relationship gymnastics to make everything okay, like I'm not okay, if you're not okay, we're not okay. And so you, you, you're motivated to do that out of your insecurity instead of out of God saying you need to go and have this, this conflict resolution conversation. Do you need to stop and pray? Say, God, show me my motives. God, speak to me. Help me uh, develop the words that you want me to share and the perspective that you have for this. Maybe you're in uh, step three and you're struggling to talk to that person. Maybe you're talking to everybody else but them. God's saying today, like, you need to go and talk to them. Get off social media. Stop texting about it. Either call them if they live outside of the community or go see them face-to-face. Sit down and have a conversation. Maybe you need to work on speaking the truth in love. Maybe the only tool you have in your relationship toolbox is a hammer. You need other tools. What tools do you need in order to present to them the truth that you see in a loving way? Maybe you need to hear the truth in love. And maybe, again, you're so insecure. Maybe you're so prideful. Like, you can't hear somebody telling truth to you. Maybe God's saying, that's what you need to, to work on, is just zipping your lip and listening. Like, learning how to hear somebody else's perspective, because when we hear somebody else's perspective, that helps us to get to the third side. Or maybe you struggle with owning your part of the conflict. 
Like maybe you put all the blame on them. It's all them. It's all them. And maybe God is saying today, take ownership of your part, whatever that is, 10%, 90%, whatever it is, take 100% responsibility for your part of the conflict. Those are the five steps. Now, some of you are thinking this. You're thinking, but I've done all that and it hasn't worked. So here's a, a couple of thoughts for those who might be thinking that. Number one, have you really? Have you really walked through those steps? There are moments we'll say like, I'm checking off the box like I prayed like two seconds. God, help me not to chop their head off in this conversation. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not how we walk through these five steps. That's not how you get to the third side. So have you really done the things that God is asking of you? Have I really done the things that God is asking of me? We've got to answer that first. Some of you can honestly say yes. I have. I've done that. Like, I've walked through this. I've done everything I know to do. And some of you are saying, you know, the other person, they're rejecting me. They won't talk to me. What do I do in that spot? They're saying, like, I'm closed off. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. I don't want to work through this conflict resolution with you. Who cares about what your God says or what, what Jesus says? I'm not doing that. Some of you are saying, I've done everything I can. What do I do then? So listen here. This is super important. Probably the most important thing you'll hear today. Come back next week. Because we'll talk about that next week. So this is part one. Part two is when we talk about like, what do we do when this stuff doesn't work? God has a plan for that. It's so cool. God understands this. God understands our hearts. He understands that now everything is going to work. Like you may have someone in your life that says, I'm not doing that. So what do you do then? God has a plan. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, in just a minute, I'm going to pray. And then our worship team is going to come out and close us in a final song. And as they do, uh, it's, a, it's a song about, about God, like, like guide my heart, speak to my heart. Like I need to hear from you. So what I ask you to do during this song is pray. Pray, number one, ask God, do, do I have any conflict with anybody around me that I need to resolve? If so, next prayer, God, what step do you want me to take? What's the next thing I need to do? And then wrap that prayer up at the end of the song with the determination that you're gonna walk through these steps this week. Don't put it off. Don't say, well, I'll do that after part two. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that today. I'm gonna start this week. I'm gonna start moving in the direction of living from the third side. So let's pray. God, I'm so grateful for the resources that you provide us in scripture. You know us, you know how we live, you know how we behave, you know everything about us because you made us. And you know that conflict is something that we do. We get in conflict all the time. And I'm so grateful that you've given us a plan in scripture for walking through conflict resolution. It's a beautiful plan. Lord, Matthew 5's got some amazing things. Uh, uh, James and Ephesians and Matthew 18. But you've given us so many resources. If we would just apply those resources, we could see so many of our conflicts resolved. But as Christ followers, you have an expectation of us. You expect that we do these things. You expect that we, we walk through these things on a regular basis and learn how to do them. So Lord, I pray that, that you would guide us in this process. We all need to learn how to get better at this. Teach us. We need to learn how to live from the third side. We need to understand your truth. And Lord, sometimes we have a portion of the truth, but 
It's very rare that we have all the truth. You have all the truth. So Lord, teach us how to live from the third side. Teach us how to look at our conflict in a way that you look at it. Teach us how to resolve our conflict in a way that ultimately honors you and the people that we're in relationships with. We need help to do this. And we're relying on you to provide us that help. Thanks for the information you've given us in scripture. And today, Lord, we determine to take these steps. We determine to walk this out. So strengthen us as we do that. Speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.